You are listening to Defunct Games Presents Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. Previously on Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. After successfully defeating the evil Nas organization, Jack Markson and his partner, Super Joe, were ready to celebrate their victory. But Generalissimo Kilt and his bad terrorist group had other ideas. Using ninjas and snipers, Kilt ruined their day and kidnapped Super Joe. Thankfully, Jack was able to escape, but not before suffering some major injuries to his arm. The Federation may have been able to save Jack, but they were forced to remove his arm and attach a plastic bionic arm that would aid him in his quest to defeat Kilt and rescue Super Joe. In his first mission, Jack was able to dodge bullets and confuse his enemies with his bionic arm. Unfortunately, not everything went as planned, because our hero decided to jump down a blown-out elevator shaft and completely forgot how to use his bionic attachment. Will this be the end of Jack Markson? Find out now when you listen to another exciting episode of Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. Chapter 5 Thonk! The grappling hook shot through the air and bit into the side of the elevator shaft. Jack swung into the ledge and crouched there, feeling stunned. He wiped his sleeve across his wet forehead. For a few seconds, while he had been falling, he had forgotten how to use his bionic arm. Luckily, he'd remembered just in time. Falling down the elevator shaft had been too much like falling out of the penthouse window. His mind still blacked out at the very thought of it. If the captain knew about this, he'd pull Jack off the mission in a minute. Jack swung around and checked out the area beyond the ledge. It was a maze of dark passages lit with a greenish glow. Jack decided to contact MA-1 before he went any further. He pulled out his red communicator and pushed the send button. MA-1, come in. There's a crackle of interference. Then the voice of MA-1 came on. Get moving, Jack, MA-1 ordered. They know you're inside the building. Kilt has been alerted. You're going to have to think fast, or they're going to throw you in the ocean for shark food tonight. Over and out. Thanks, MA-1, Jack said, staring at the dead transmitter. It's been great talking to you. He flicked into eavesdrop mode, just to be safe. Kilt's voice came through the receiver, talking about Super Joe. The spy must have known more than he told us. Work him over another time. I want a list of every Federation agent from him. When I became dictator of the world, I will wipe out every spy whose name is on that list. Only then can I rest easy at night. Jack had a quick fantasy of what he would like to do to Kilt while he rested at night. Poor Joe. Jack couldn't stand to think about anything more. He stuffed the communicator in his pocket of his combat vest and began to move down towards the passageway. The sound of hard boots thundered in the steel floor nearby. Jack took cover behind the column and flattened the body against a damp wall. He waited. The sound of the boots came closer and closer. The enemy soldiers were running in tight formation towards him. Jack knew he had to hold back until the very last second. He heard the first two soldiers come within inches of his hiding place. It sounded as though six more were right behind them. 
Suddenly, Jack leapt in front of them like a panther. He threw back his bionic arm and punched it out with all his force. The first two soldiers reeled back as though they had been hit by a tornado. They smashed into and knocked down the next two behind them. One by one, the eight soldiers fell like dominoes into the floor. Jack flexed his bionic arm and grinned. Not bad. After his mission was over, he might go into training. He'd always wanted to win the world heavyweight title. Jack pulled out his gun and set it to the stun mode. Then he sprinted down a gloomy passageway towards the center of the building. Around a corner, he ran into two more bad soldiers. Their eyes widened in surprise as they looked down at the barrel of his gun. Jack pulled the trigger twice, shooting a chemical dart into each one of them. The soldiers slumped onto the floor for a siesta. Just then, a siren went off, echoing through the building like a screaming bird of prey. Jack knew what all the excitement was about. Him. By now, Kilt probably had every soldier in the complex out for his head. Jack rounded another corner and stopped short. A bizarre metal box that looked like a camera from outer space was floating in a narrow corridor in front of him. Jack didn't know what it was, but he figured it wasn't friendly. An eerie red eye flashed in the center of its circuitry. Jack watched as the lens of the eye brought him into focus. Hey, I don't like having my picture taken, Jack yelled. He dove for the floor just before he heard a click. A grenade whizzed by his head and exploded at the end of the passageway. Jack pulled out a gun and flipped it to combat mode. The box was pulling back and adjusting the lens to get him in range again. Jack took aim and squeezed the trigger. The bullet smashed into the lens hole. A spray of red sparks flew out of the room. A direct hit. The box let on an electronic wind that almost burst Jack's eardrum. Then it went into blind fury, seeking revenge on the enemy that had shot out its eye. Jack lunged away at the box, banging into the wall, and then ricocheted off another. Crouching low, he waited for an opening. Just as the box slammed into a corner, he sneaked past it. Ahead was a hallway lit by bright yellow lights. Jack didn't like the looks of it. It might be a trap or Kilt's favorite torture chamber. But he didn't have much choice. The camera was banging its way towards him from behind. Jack ran forward to a brightly lit room with a high vaulted ceiling. He fell into an attack stance, ready for anything. But there wasn't an enemy soldier in sight. For a second, Jack felt safe. No such luck. Heavy iron bars slammed down in front of him. Jack whirled around. Another set of bars crashed behind him. It made a neat little cage. Jack looked at the bars and bared his teeth. All of a sudden, he felt like a caged animal in Kilt's zoo. Jack grabbed the bars with the fingers of his bionic arm and tried to pry them apart. Nothing happened. The bars were even stronger than his arm. A hysterical laugh suddenly spread through the room. Jack looked up and saw that it was coming from a loudspeaker in the ceiling. Welcome to my empire, Jack Markson. Kilt's voice sneered. Jack felt the skin on the back of his neck start to crawl. Kilt's voice reminded him of a horror movie he had watched as a kid. Thoughts of torture chambers crowded his mind. 
You were a fool to come here, Markson, Kilt went on with a gloating voice. Your friend Joe knows how strong the bars of our cage are. Now you two will die together. Jack tried to ignore Kilt's crazy threats. His eyes moved across every inch of the cage, looking for a way out. By the way, Jack, Kilt went on. We've caught your double agent in stage one. He was a fool, too. Think he could trick me? Kilt let out another disgusting laugh that echoed against the walls of the room. You're a sicko, Kilt, Jack yelled, feeling a rush of anger. He wondered how the bads had caught M.A. 1. Maybe they had traced one of Jack's communications from him. Jack felt the pang of guilt. This was the toughest part of being an agent, knowing that somebody might have died because of you. Feeling claustrophobic yet, Markson? Kilt asked. Jack looked around. The bars of both sides of the cage were moving in towards his body. If he didn't get out of here fast, he'd be squished like a mouse in a trap. Chapter 6 Jack did a quick review of all of his options. He could try to melt down the bars with his bionic hot finger, but he might end up frying himself in the process. He could search the floor for a possible trap door, but time was a little too short if he failed to find one. The best option seemed to be up. Jack shot his grappling hook into the vaulted ceiling above him. He didn't know what was up there, but it had to be better than being made into a Jack sandwich. Just as the bars started to squeeze against both sides of his body, Jack cleared the top of Kilt's cage. Dangling from the grappling hook with his feet pulled up, Jack searched the ceiling for some place to go. Finally, he found it, a metal air duct just big enough to crawl through. He swung over it, crawled inside, and then pulled himself through with the help of the grappling hook. From below, he heard a burst of gunfire as the soldiers ran into the room where they expected to find him squashed in the cage. He pulled himself through the duct faster and faster as he heard them scramble around in confusion. Then, he heard a scream of anger from Kilt. Find him, you fools! Jack turned a corner in the duct and suddenly found himself in the fast slide to nowhere. He shot along the metal pipe on a wide roller coaster ride until he saw daylight at the bottom. Seconds later, he popped out into an alleyway between the two communication buildings. Jack craned his neck to look up to the sky where his helicopter was hovering on autopilot. He had to get out of his place as soon as possible, but he'd have to find a higher spot so that he could call the chopper. Whipping out his communicator, Jack turned it on to eavesdrop. Maybe he could find out where Bad was looking for him and head in the opposite direction. Red alert! Red alert! It was the voice of the Bad Commander. He sounded desperate and nervous, like Kilt had just threatened his life. The Federation spy is in the alleyway! All your troops converge on him there! Jack couldn't believe it. They had tracked him already. He wondered if Kilt had spy cameras all over the complex and was watching him from hundred television screens. That idea gave Jack the creeps. He flicked off the communicator, stuffed it into his jacket, and started running, 
moving so fast that the green walls on both sides of him looked like a blur of slime. He whipped around the corner and came to a total stop. Disaster! The alley ended in a brick wall that soared up five stories at the top of a building. If ever there was a dead end, this was it. Jack heard the sound of soldiers tramping down the alleyway after him. He'd never have time to use the grappling hook to get him all the way up that wall. There wasn't a bit of cover in between. Kilt soldiers could pick him off the wall like a fly. There had to be some way out. He couldn't have gone through all of this just to get caught by Kilt in the first stage of his mission. Jack trained his eye on a reddish brick wall in front of him. Maybe, just maybe, his sharp eye found it. There was a narrow crack in the wall near the ground that might mean a secret opening. Jack spread out his five fingers of his bionic arm and lightly ran them into the surface of the wall. The sensitive index fingers found it, a tiny trigger lock. Bad soldiers had just rounded the corner. They fell to their knees in an attack position. Jack pressed the trigger on the lock. Chills ran down his spine as he heard the soldiers cock their guns. The wall swung open like a revolving door. Jack jumped through just as a bullet started to fly. One grazed his right leg as he dove into the safety of the other side. The opening in the wall snapped shut behind him. The bads were yelling and firing at the wall in frustration. Jack could hear chunks of it shattering under their heavy firepower. He looked down at his leg. Sticky, dark red blood was seeping out through his green combat pants. But the pain wasn't bad. He'd been hurt a lot worse than this in other missions. Like in Kenya, he'd caught four bullets at the same time. And they had been meant for an elephant. Jack ripped open his pants and saw that the bullet had just scraped off his skin on its way to somewhere else. He headed for a flight of stairs that led into the first communication building and ran for it. He could signal his chopper from that roof. Jack bounded up the steps two at a time, wondering how he would ever get Joe out of here alive. Kilt soldiers seemed to be everywhere, and Kilt now knew Jack was on the rescue mission. He'd probably keep Joe under tighter security than ever now. Jack felt warm blood running down his leg by the time he reached the top story of the building. On the wall, by the staircase, he saw the first aid kit and grabbed it. Jack pushed open the hatch that had led him to the rooftop and jumped out, immediately signaling his helicopter. Two minutes later, the chopper was hovering over his head. Just then, Kilt's voice boomed through the air from a loudspeakers all over the complex. He sounded angry and out for blood. The spy is on the rooftop. If you let him escape, you will be punished. Jack shot the grappling hook, snapped it onto his helicopter's landing runner, and started pulling himself up. Bad soldiers burst out of the hatch onto the roof. They fell to their knees and started firing away. Jack looked down into the barrel of their guns. He was dangling there like a target in a shooting gallery. He'd never be able to get inside the helicopter in time. Kelt's voice shouted out through the loudspeaker. Don't let him escape! Shoot him! Shoot to kill! 
to be continued. And now, an open letter to J.B. Stamper, the author of Bionic Commando. Dear J.B. Stamper, Despite my misgivings about last week's chapters, this week you've absolutely outdone yourself with the crazy. I still don't forgive you for last week's anti-cliffhanger, but it seems like you've decided to throw just about everything you can think of into this week's chapter, and let me tell you, I really appreciate it. Who knew that so much drama would happen in just the first stage? It makes me wonder what the next 11 stages are going to look like. But enough about that. Let, let's address some of my uh, some of my concerns with the story. Uh, okay, first up, uh, what's with the video game writers using the sandwich metaphor? Uh, the, the Bionic Commando almost becomes a Jack sandwich, and of course there's the Jill sandwich thing from Resident Evil. It's, it's all over the place. But you actually never hear people say that. Oh, JB, you almost became a JB sandwich. Actually, that doesn't sound that bad. Maybe I'm just really hungry. I, I don't know. Maybe we should move on. Speaking of the Jack sandwich scene, why do all these evil villains always give the characters enough time to escape? How, how big of a douchebag do you have to be to torture the guy before you're going to kill him? I mean, you already want him dead. Why don't you just kill him right there and then? It's, it's not that hard. You just have, you know, you already have him caged up. Why don't you just get some guy to shoot him in the head or drop a bunch of grenades on him or, I don't know, make him listen to the complete back catalog of Nickelback. Do something that will kill him quick and yet painful, of course. I mean, what do you have to lose? Oh, and, and by the way, this week's cliffhanger isn't any better than last week's. I, I'm sorry, but having Generalissimo killed tell his soldiers to shoot at Jack isn't exactly shocking stuff. This isn't going to change the way we look at the story or anything. I mean, we already expect that from him. Just like we expect Jack will be able to get out of this situation since we have, you know, another hundred pages to go or so. Clearly Jack doesn't die in the first level. He has 11 more to go. He has, he has Hitler to kill him. Oh, wait. Is that a spoiler? Oh, oh don't worry. I, I doubt that's even in this book. Something to look forward to, kids. And is it just me, or is this MA1 guy a gigantic prick? All Jack got was some vague description of his mission from the captain. He doesn't, he doesn't know what to do or where to go. I mean, why do you have to give him such a hard time when all he's looking for is a little help? I mean, come on, dude. Quit being like that. Don't be a jerk. How, how would you like it if Jack was constantly giving you nothing but attitude? Get over yourself, and aren't you getting paid to help Jack out? I don't forget that. Oh, and uh, then there's no way he's dead. I mean, I know they said he was, but there's there's no way he's dead. If, 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 if I thought he was dead, I wouldn't be making fun of him. Then again, I suppose if he is dead, I'm, I'm going to feel really bad in the morning. But, you know, nobody dies in these books. That's the thing. Nobody dies in these books. Anyway, I, I hope that all is well and, and you keep in touch. All right, I'll talk to you next week when we look at chapters 7 and 8. All the best, Sarah Lachelle.